Welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. So let's get into the random encounter. All right, let's do it. So it's uh, so the champ remains Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. We named it. We kind of broke the rule. We named her even although it was only two, uh, two weeks or like a week and a half, but she survived because typically when we name something, they die horribly. So uh, yeah, she's she's still here. She's good to go. Okay, so I will do the dorso roll. Okay. It is a three. So that is the fiend folio. Okay, let's find the fiend folio. I've got my fiend folio here. So have, have you watched Community? It's on Netflix now. Oh, it is? I don't have Netflix. I'm cheap, but I could. I've, I've seen Community before when it was on oh. originally, but I didn't see all of them. Because there's, uh, I guess, at least two D&D episodes. I've seen the one D&D episode, yeah. I saw the first two, yeah. And then there was, I think they, they showed, they had 1E books. Oh, yeah, they were playing 1E. That's right. Yeah, that's very cool. Okay. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty think, funny. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And I think Abed, who was the DM, was the perfect right. guy to be the DM because he's yeah. just like, I'm, I stay neutral. <laughs> I don't, you know, he was like completely, he's not going to fudge a die roll. If you die, you die. He was the quintessential DM. I loved it. Um, but I digress. Okay, so you are rolling, I believe, a die 10. Die 10. Sir. Yes. And it is appropriate we are using the British uh, monster manual for today, since we are talking Indeed. about White Dwarf and uh, a number of other things. So, nine. Nine. Oh, this is going to get interesting. Hold on a second. I'm turning. I'm turning. And flipping. And flipping. Simultaneously. We are in, we are in, we are in tropical and near tropical conditions. Well, we are in Florida. Uh, which is, many would say is the abyss. It's uh, yes. the sixth layer. The, the and, and, it, and England is, is tropical and subtropical, isn't it? Is it? Yes. To fit with the theme. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember okay. all those great stories of the coconuts and palm trees there. Yes, that's exactly. So what am I rolling? Yes. Okay. Oh, we were one away from astro and ethereal. Okay, so you are rolling. Well, hold on a second. This gets complicated. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine different locate. We need to know the predominant terrain. Okay. So I need you to roll, I guess, a D10. Right. And re-roll if it's... A 10. Yep, I just rolled a 10. Three. We're in the forest in tropical near. And so that is sort of, I mean, abyss seems hot. Right. Well, it seems like it would be hot, right? A, a, I don't know why I said that. A, a, I would say absolutely. It would be a terrible landscape like that. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so we are in a tropical forest in the abyss. I now you, I need you to roll percentile dice. Percentile. Oh, that's right. Yes, no, this is not not the, the whatever it was, the 2 to 20 or whatever it is. 99. Wow. Okay. Or, or. <laughs> no, a, a giant poisonous toad. <laughs> All Whoa, that. Whoa, it's poison on poison action. That's right. We like that. <laughs> we do. That's right. All right, finally somebody who can handle this giant spider. 
giant poison. Are they immune? Because you have poison. Are you immune from no, poison? Like, you know, is it like COVID? They think that maybe if you get it. So do, do you have the antibodies or poison if, if you are a giant toad or a giant spider? What do you think? No, I think poison is poison. Uh, you, well, thank you, Dr. Fauci. Yes. Well, you know, poison is poison. You know, listen, I'm, I mean, I'm no doctor, but uh, I, 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 my understanding is, I, I guess you're saying because they poison their victims that, uh, you know, that at some point they consume their victims and that poison gets in there. I, I don't think that's how it works, but uh, I would say, yes, you can poison. Anything can be poison. Please tell me you did not, you were not a fan of the band Poison back in the day. Uh, no. Unle- unless, okay. unless it was someone I was trying to date who liked poison. Right. Then. <laughs> that, that's, why, that's why you had hair like that. Yes, and you can see what happened to it. That's, this is, <laughs> it's all, this is, all that hairspray, it killed it. This was one Aquanet too many times. I, I, I reached for the Aquanet once too many times. <laughs> you paid the price, but it was worth it. <laughs> yes, those crazy days. But, you know. Oh, I, and uh, you know they're still they're still trying to do stuff. It's crazy, but uh, you know what I like about this entry? It's two sentences. Yeah, this is your this is our. I don't want a dissertation. And look, we've got a picture. I don't know. I don't know if he's poisonous. Yeah, but of course we got the great. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Neat. This is what this is what toads do. They swallow things. You know what I like? Can you show that guy again? Because what I like about that guy is he's just given up, hasn't he? Yeah, he's just, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not even trying to push himself out. Right. He's just like, yeah, I can't win this. Just, <laughs> I might as well just, go easy. That's right, let it happen. No, you know what? Maybe, though, maybe you know what it was? It was a trick. He's like, hey, stick your head in my mouth. Or maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like the um, two Mahars. Right. And it's a statue. He thinks it's a statue. It's a trick. Right. And, and the other players are like, stick your head in there. Yeah, try it. Well, it's like, uh, well, you stick your tongue on the pole when it's cold. Exactly. Right? Because he's not, he's just limp. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and his sword's down. I like how the, the toad has is, is got his sword. He's, he's covering it. He's like, I right. don't even think so, buddy. Yeah, he's like moving it away. You don't need that. Yeah, sliding it slowly <laughs> away. That, move that away. Oh, that poor dude. That guy's got like an intelligence of seven. He's his intelligence of five. That's the reason why he had to become a fighter. That was the only choice he had. Yeah. Okay. And it's 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 just interesting because they're medium, but yet that's I don't know how that's a medium unless that's the ice toad. <laughs> unless, well, maybe he's eating at a halfling. Well, or a gnome, but it's a, that's a, thin, a that's a thin gnome. That looks probably that's more right. like a halfling. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you're right. That is out of proportion. I don't think that's an ice toad. No. Which is large. Right. Giant toads are common. I know we're not talking about giant toads, but you see they're common? Right. Wow, okay. And um, it's interesting because this is really more appropriate for the giant frog, if I remember correctly, because the frog can swallow you whole. Yes, yes. Not really the toad. So yeah, I'm, it doesn't I'm, indicate it at all, does it? Right. What do they do? What do they just hop on you? Which so giant? They have one attack. What are they attacking with? Their mouth? The giant frog? Yeah, one attack. Giant? No, giant. Yeah, giant toad. Oh, giant toad. I'm sorry. Yes. 
Yeah, they're attacking with their mouth. They're biting you, apparently. But isn't it just kind of gummy? Well, the fact. So it should. Yeah, go ahead. No, go, you know, go ahead. Because I'm, now I'm now I'm curious. What, what, how does it? How does a giant toad really cause damage? Does he just sort of gum you to death? Or maybe he hits you with his tongue. <laughs> you know. Is, is, is it particularly sharp? <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, he's licking you. What you're he's, saying is he's, he's licking me. Right. He's insulting you with his, his acidic, sharp tongue, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's two to eight. Yeah, because I know. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, two to eight. That's like a longsword. Broadsword, technically. Yeah, longsword's wow. eight. Wow. Yeah. Broadsword's two day. It's pretty painful. But I, I don't think this is the right... Now, again, I don't know if toads and frogs, which one has... I guess... Well, they, I think they just basically use the same picture for both. Which, by the way, I'm glad we're not doing a poisonous frog. Uh, be, or a giant frog, because that's five paragraphs or four paragraphs. So... Oh, he's cooler looking. He though. is cooler looking. But he's uncommon. And he gets three attacks. He makes... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, one attack, but it depends on it. Well, anyway, we're diverging, because I, I shouldn't have brought the frog up. I'm sorry. Ah, yes. Well, no, but it's interesting, because there is a lot of... There probably is confusion between the two. All right, I, this is what I think about the giant toad. I think the giant toad, he basically kind of sm, he, he smushes you. So I think what's happening here, this isn't a swallow. Okay. That guy's dead. Right. He has... He, chomps on you. I don't know. He doesn't have teeth, but I think he just sort of like crushes you. And then dissolves you. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's. Uh, yeah, but you think about it, that's hard to hit. How does he hit? I mean, he's like, his mouth is coming at you. Like Pac-Man. You know what I mean? Like that Pac-Man. Like Pac-Man. I like that. That's weird. All right. Well, the poisonous toad, thank thankfully, is, is uncommon. Right. AC7, six-inch movement, but it does have a six-inch hop. Right. So... It's not an enormous hop, but it's a hop. Two hit dice. It's never in. It's never in its lair. It has no lair. Yeah, it's a what? It just it's traveling traveling toads. Itinerant. Yeah, with the traveling with the traveling they, toads. Yeah, they're more of a. I, I, I did I see them? Who did I see them with the traveling? Yeah, toads? not the Wilburys. Uh, I think it was the Dixie Chicks. Or the did they open up for or the, the toadies? The traveling toadies. There you go. Traveling toadies. I like it. Yeah, they open up for the Dixie Chicks, I, I believe, believe so. at a festival. Uh, South yeah. by Southwest, that uh, about uh, nineteen ninety two or something like that. Not uh, REM. Not me. Not ringing a bell. <laughs> uh, so the poisonous toad does less damage. Yes. The poisonous type of giant toad is indistinguishable from non-poisonous toads. Their bite. So they bite. Okay, so we so we've now clarified. So it is clearly a bite, yeah. right? Yes. Their bite necessitates a saving throw versus poison, or the victim will die immediately. What if you lick it, like the outside of it? <laughs> I think you get warts. Then I think that's what happens. <laughs> okay. All right. So all right. So it, it's it's I'm the poisonous toad. You are the poisonous I'm toad. The with the acidic, yeah. with the poisonous tongue. It's so appropriate. This is. But you don't know. You don't know that I'm a poisonous toad. That's true. It's your uh, uh, Charlotte. It's indistinguishable to her. Yeah. So she's walking through the forest. In the in, well, that makes sense, right? The the steamy forest of the realm of a million eyes. Right. Okay. All right. And so now it is, it's time it's for distance, right? Well, surprise time. Oh, we don't. Oh, we do. We don't do I'll distance. Do, I'll do distance. Sure. It is. You always do it distance. It is 80, 80 yard. We're outside, so it's eighty yards away. Okay. 
And so now is it uh, a surprise. surprise? That's right. There's no okay. no uh, no no surprise uh -oh. bonuses. I, I'm in trouble, buddy. I rolled a three. I rolled a two. This is the worst possible result. That's right. Two segments. Oh, I'm done. I'm AC seven. Well, the good news. Oh, I never even saw it. Come, you dropped on me. Well, the good news is think? I still have to make. Well, I guess you could do that, but if you, it is eighty yards away. We said so that would be farther. Oh. I couldn't move that fast. I couldn't even hop that fast. But, but don't you think? Don't you think that it should be that you know, even though it's eighty yards away, then I get surprised somehow. Like I don't see you coming. Because otherwise, the distance rule would always kind of negate the surprise rule, wouldn't it? Well, the distance rule is if you don't know if, if it's a truly random encounter. That's the idea. You use distance when you have no idea that when you roll a random encounter. If it's a known mm. encounter, like you're the, the, you open the door and the orcs are in there, that's when the surprise rule really takes advantage. So how would this work? So it's, but it, we're in the forest. Yes. So there's certainly, even though we're 80 yards apart, it doesn't mean someone's not going to be surprised, right? You could be walking, someone could be walking along right. and be quite start not hear the other one and be quite startled, right? Well, now we're back into this, back to surprise. And as far as, as far as, you know, distance, uh, again, line of sight, uh, it depends on light, noise, actual area. You could make all these changes to it. Uh, is it planned? Is there a surprise? Let's see, surprise can only can only be a factor in close encounter situations. Oh, oh, there's the, okay, there's the sentence. If surprise exists, the distance between the parties will be from one to three. So there you go. So, if surprise exists. Right, so that's what's it. Wait, does that mean? Go ahead. That, does that override the distance rule? Well, this is, it's on page 62, and now we really are segueing on the DMG. You think we know what we're doing by this no. <laughs> episode fifty-five? What's the rules? Well, it's 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 because you couldn't just accept that I was going to move to close. You're like, no, I I, I I want the I want the toad to die horribly. Uh, so, uh, uh, right? Because you're you're the toad. This I mean, yeah, you're the toad. I'm the toad. Yeah. So well, I'm really no. Well, I'm well. I just want. Uh, loath to appear. Okay, where is the distance rule? Six, page 62 of the DMG. When encounters occur, this is uh, second column, third paragraph, the distance... Oh, there it is, distance. ...between yes. concerned parties will be 5 to 10 inches, 64, subject to the following modifying factors, and there are six modifying factors. Line of sight. If this is obstructed and light is involved, the distance possible for determination of another party present is virtually infinite, or it could be sharply reduced. Noise. Uh, if one party is making considerable noise, which is discernible, the later will have options of fleeing or concealment, the former negating the encounter, the latter allowing distance to be one to four before discovery by the noisy party. Actual area. So again, you have to take into account the size, but we don't know any of these things. Planned or unplanned appearance. A sudden precipitation of one party upon the other due to a number of factors. Oh. And Okay, this, all right, this is going to be my argument for here. If you look on page 61... Uh -huh. There's six phases, correct? Yes. Of an encounter. Yes. Number one is determined if either or both parties are surprised. Right. Which, now, can you make which, an which argument? Which I recall, I was. Did we? Uh, didn't I want? I'm surprised. I, I didn't. I want to do surprise first, and you wanted to roll distance. I just want to state that for the record. You are correct, sir. I will concede that you are correct. So now, here's the question. 
does the fact that I am surprised, should it override? Because it says you can only have, surprise can only be a factor in close encounter situations. Does, does a surprise override the distance role or does the distance role override the surprise role? Well, if I read this properly, and this is why your, your experience as an Esquire is super important. Surprise can only be a factor in close encounter situations, that's the period, if either or both parts, so that seems like that sentence, that thought is complete. Now the next thought is, if either or both parties are surprised, the distance must be either one to three inches, or it must be less as determined under the actual area modifier. So the first sentence says, surprise can, be only, can be a, only be a factor in closed count. So if they're surprised, which is the first thing you do in the encounter, then uh, it would be a factor. So I, I would say that the encounter, they, they would, to your point, realistically, they would drop, your, your thing of the, to the Charlotte dropping on the toad makes a lot of sense. I think that's more fun, right? So in other words, in other words so because so, then so many times, at least in our little game here, it would override the surprise right. role, which I don't think would be a lot yeah. of fun. And I'm the rule of cool. So I say, yes. I say then, if there's surprise, we just ignore the distance. Or you could do the distance, but what, it's one to three? Well, if it's one, then they can immediately attack because you're within 10 feet. If it's three, then you still have to use some of your movement, which you move it per That's segment right. to do that. So, 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 should, so if we roll on surprise... This is riveting, isn't it? Yes. If you roll on surprise, then we would roll for one to three. Correct. That's what I so, just okay, read. So okay, so you are now, so now you're rolling for so in, so the new distance roll is right. one to right. three. Correct. That's right. So if it's surprise, from now on it's one to three, and I'm sure we're going to forget it's, this. But actually, this is what people like. I mean, if you if you see all the new people who are coming on the show, they appreciate us going over this one e shenanigans to, to do that so uh <laughs> the only question is will we remember any of no, this <laughs> they probably won't but uh that's why we have folks i mean because so i guess this is the way you would play it in like if you're doing a hex crawl right that's this way you would play it so if you so so all right got it okay all right so it's one to three yep. uh th so this time it's there's st still 30 feet away so now but you're a you're a hopper so now you're yeah, more fun with math um so you take, he, he moves 12, but six is uh, on the ground. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, I see. You see six plus six hop. Yes. I thought it would be like one. Now that makes sense. So what, wait, why, tell me what happens here. What is he like? Move along and then hops, moves along, hops. Yep. So you see a 12 inch total. Half of that is hoppage. Correct. There's half Got and it. half. Although the smaller, it says for giant toads, all toads are capable of hopping their movement distance. This hop clears objects to up to one third the linear distance in height and requires but a single round to accomplish. And they can attack in midair or at the end of their leap. Oh, so you were smart to go to Giant Toads. Oh, I think his name should be Sir Hopsalot if he wins, but okay. Okay, Sir Hopsalot, you got it. Well, I'd like to just put that in the, I know oftentimes mine are rejected, right. but that's fine. I'm not bitter. Okay, so all, all, all toads are capable of hopping their movement distance. So he can move, he can, this hop clears objects up to one third the linear distance in height. Oh, in height. And it requires but a single melee round to accomplish. And they can attack in midair or at the end of their hop. Right. 
So I'm just going to say he's going to jump. Try to he's going to jump on you, and and I'm going to also argue because it's 30, <laughs> uh, 30 feet um, that uh, he's basically going to charge you. Uh, and or 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 hang on, can we make it more interesting? Yeah. Maybe I'm hanging. Right. He's going to try. And he's in air. Ooh, I like that. Uh, like the gar. Yeah, like right? yeah. So gar, gar, glitter, gar, glitter, gold. He tried to eat you. This, it's basically everyone wants to eat Charlotte. Which Jesus, there's all these things, these these flying things in the air. <laughs> to toads, gars. gars. That's right. But the, this, the, the, the abyss is terrible. That's right. Well, for a spider, it is. It's, the abyss is no place for a spider. It's, uh, it's a tough world. So I, I'm going to argue that the first segment is used to move. Now, technically, if you were going to do this correctly, which we're not all about. You divide the movement by segments, and you move that amount per segment. So if you move 12, it would be 12 feet per segment. But we're not going to do all that. We're just going to say, because we're doing the rule of cool, he gets one uh, leaping attack at Charlotte is what we're going to do. One leaping attack. That's right. One, for, one toe to leaping. Uh, what's your armor class for a spider? Seven. Seven. I rolled a 12. I think that's probably going to miss, but uh, what... What hit dice? So you just go like zooming on past. That's right. I'm like, what was that? Did I see something? Well, I do have eight eyes. How the hell am I surprised? Exactly. Should not a giant spider be like surprised only on a one in six or something? Oh, I I, you know, I hit. Oh, there you go. That's great. Yep. Oh wait, who? Wait. Oh wait, no wait. Wait a second. We're getting confused. I'm the toad, aren't I? Oh yes, I'm the spider. That's right. I keep forgetting. You're right. I apologize. Wait, you roll the dice. Wait. Wait, this is, so, wait, so wait, that means, right, so, so, wait, who's, I was, I was surprised. Oh, yeah. And I'm the toad. Yes, that's right. The spider the sp is dropping on Yes, us. yes, yes. We need to hit the rewind button. Retcon that. It's like a TV show, but that's not what happened. We're going back. That's right. Yeah, that's, this is hard, folks. This is really hard. I'm sorry. Okay. That's right. How many people are signing up for our virtual game? <laughs> Uh, four, fortunately. I didn't want too many more because we can barely we can barely manage this. All right, let's. So I still rolled a twelve. You are the toad. Your AC yes. is. I'm surprised. Yes. I'm hopping along. Right. And you drop on Correct. me. Correct. And well, I still hit your AC. This is AC seven. Yeah, you get. Right. So so you just get one last. So you drop on me, and that's one action. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. And and it's, and. Because you were thirty feet. Yo, you were high up there. Right. We're in a big tree. And you remember we're in a forest. Yeah, and so you. So your to hit is like the try. I'm hopping along, and you're trying to time it perfectly. Exactly. You see me coming. Right. And you're like, ooh, tasty. <laughs> poisonous toad. Mm, yummy. No, no, you don't know it's poisonous. Oh, that's, true. that's what's funny about it. Indistinguishable. Correct. You're just like, oh, giant toad. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're playing the odds. Giant toads are common. Poisonous toads are uncommon. Right. You're like, what are the odds? Right. That this is poisonous. Yeah, it's unlikely. Not good. Yeah. You'd have to like roll a 99. Well, if you pull out the the poisonous sack, I'm sure the rest of it's pretty good. You know, it's typically that uh, mm -hmm. poison, you know, good eaten past that. Well, the, the poisonous sack is a delicacy, too, but it's got to be prepared properly. Right. That could be something that maybe we could do once we're done with the pandemic. We can go to, like, a place where they serve, you know, that famous fish that yes. poisons people to death, you know. That's, that's the name of the one of the restaurants in our town, the poisonous sack. The poison <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, after you, sur <laughs> you survived the caves of chaos, come on down to the poisonous sack and have our have 
Chef Chef Dan's special toad toad sack. <laughs> it's 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 all poisonous dishes, right? That's just about like it'll be like poisonous spider, yeah. like that's what he does. He's like trained for like decades. And maybe one out of every ten sacks is not poisonous because they're indistinguishable. So. Oh, I feel fine. Right. Yeah, because you didn't get the poisonous sack. That would be the opposite. Because, yes, everything would be poisonous. There'd be people going there trying to ingest poison like in The Princess Bride to get make themselves immune to... Right. I'm immune to poisonous sack, uh, poisonous toad. Yes. That's right. All right. Oh, okay. I also got an idea of a Dungeons Dungeon Dragons cookbook. That's another thing for merchandise. <laughs> that's an awesome idea. Uh, that's a good... I like that. Why, why, for, why, for some strange reason, does the name Kelly Villamere come into my head again? <laughs> yes, we gotta get. We gotta get. <laughs> so many of these. We really need to get. You know, all these people wrote stuff freelance for free. I mean, have you noticed that every time I ask one of our guests if they were getting paid, they just never answer the question. Yeah, uh, yeah they never made a dime off this. So, so we need to follow their, their, uh, uh, their lead. Right. However, they pulled it off. Uh, what, our, one of our folks is cute. He said, "What did I miss? Which creature died?" He's he's a, he's thinking that we actually got to the combat yet. It's only been forty minutes. We're only forty minutes into the show. That's right. <laughs> we we're we're still talking about the difference between the toad and the frog, right. and we've figured out the distance. All right. So so you are you're rolling now. I rolled to hit, and now you have to make a saving throw. You hit. What'd you roll? I rolled a twelve. I missed that. Yes. Okay, and that hit because I'm an AC seven. Right. They're, bo- they're both AC seven. Ah, ugh. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, when you're both AC seven, you know who loses? The guy who is attacked first. Okay. So here it comes. Oh no! What'd you roll? I rolled a nine. Nine. Uh. 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 Po- against poison. That doesn't seem good, does it? Nope. That was fast. What hit dice? Two hit dice? Two hit dice. Uh, uh, my plus two. I'm plus two, aren't I? Yes. You need. You, uh, it's an 11. You needed a 14. Now, and I would even give wow. you a plus one because you're... I'll even... Would even argue maybe plus one or two because you're a poison creature, but that's not enough, so... Okay, hold on. Hold on a second. Now, I, you know I'm going to pray to the toad deity, right. but, but... But... Now, let's talk about this. How long does it take? We've talked about this, I think, many times. Yeah. How long does it take for poison to work? So, in other words, what was um, – oh, I was surprised, though. Yes. Well, that's only, that's only a segment of time. Right, that's right. That's six seconds. So what I want to know is, you know, if I don't die immediately, you, sh- you need to roll – it's only, what, one hit point of damage we know? Uh, for de- yes, that's correct. Yeah, you have more than so, one so hit point. You, so you've bitten me. So I want to know – do we keep going here? Keep going for because keep, keep going for what? Meaning, meaning another around. Oh no! Do I have enough time? Why not? No, that that's it's that fast. Yeah, that that it. So he, he, what we're talking about for those who are listening, or those who care, is monster poison versus yes. Uh, and there's some interesting things because one of the spells you can use against. The, the, the statement in the Dungeon Master's Guide relating to poison, monster poison, is pretty uh, emphatic, I think, if I recall. Let's see. Oh, we, and we, well, yeah, we certainly know. It's obviously save or die. Right. And I think it's on page 79, returning and flipping. 
Uh, yeah, there's a little bit on 81, though. I'm not yeah, 81. seeing anything. Yeah, the, ex- the exceptions for death. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Very large creature in sports, but would not like to be a... Yeah, it doesn't say anything specifically. Boy. We've seen this somewhere. We've had... It, there's somewhere... There's a discussion right. about well, time, right? Isn't there? Well, here's how I've always done it. Uh, like I said, poison saving throws for characters, because again, we typically think of the character, not another monster. But they have poison saving throws for monsters. Those are except there are exceptions to the death rule for poison. Any creature with a thick layer will be totally immune to poison from creatures which are not able to penetrate this fat layer. So swine, werebears, that's interesting. So back to uh, similarly, very large creatures poisoned by are not likely to die. Even the poison of a deadly coral snake would not likely harm uh, a dinosaur. So uh, you have to consider both of these cases when reaching a decision. Uh, then above it, if if this is so-called damage, then they're talking about... Uh, I, I've always said that death is quickly. when you make a, If you fail your saving throw, you die. Now, under slow poison, it says, yeah. uh, you know, you can revive up to an hour before they die, you know, the, after they were poisoned or something like that, if I remember correctly. It's too early for this. There is somewhere, there's a reference to a minute or so. I'm telling you, yes, in my head, right. right? I just don't know where it is. It's a minute or so. Right. And, and... And that's important because isn't around a minute? Yeah. So you're asking, do you have a minute to do the? Yeah, I think we've talked about this. That you, you know, can you? What what can you do for the last round uh, uh, of doing that? And and I've always argued that you know you you can do the death uh, monologue at the end. <laughs> do, do you quickly write out a will? Right. You, you know, it's like uh, I always loved you, kind of thing, or. I was hoping to see the seventh layer of the abyss one last time. And, you know, leave. No, no, you know, no, it's going to be loath. Come save me. That's what it's going to be. That's right. Well, avenge, avenge me. And that's what I think you get when the, uh, that's what the toad could do. He can, he can cry out to the frog God, which thank God that cast, uh, Carlos is on because I'm not sure who the frog god is. I'm sure there is one. So, does anyone so, in wait anyone in the chat have any thoughts on whether I get how quickly I'm going to die? No, they've they they haven't said anything. They're they're not. They're like totally. They're, they're like, like not helping me at is, all. This is this is worse than usual. I think is what they're saying. Uh, frog god games. That's true. Uh, nope. No one's saying anything related to that. So, it says, wh- I know, you, wh- I'm wh- telling you now, it says somewhere, and you know it, because you're familiar with it, somewhere, yes. it says a minute or so. Yes, I think you're right. So what would you, more importantly, what are you trying to, what, what does the frog want to do in this minute or so? I want to, I want to attack you. All right, so it's initiative then. All right, I will give you, yeah, see, I will give you run, run. Like, what if I get like, what if I get like a six and you get a one? Right. You know, I might have a shot at, I might not be dead. I mean, it says, you know, right? No, you're right. dead. So, you're, you're poisoned. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. 
Not dead. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> can't we do anything? I got a minute, buddy. I want my fracking minute. You can't. Okay. You can't give me a minute. Okay. Well, Seriously? so what is your action? How rude. I, I'll be. I will. But then you either do divine intervention. That's what you're going to use your minute for, or you attack. Oh, you're a big mean. Yes. You. You know. And but if you do divine intervention, I'll give you plus five percent because you're taking the whole minute. You're using your last breaths to do. <laughs> okay. This. Fair enough. Well, so do I have to win initiative to even have a chance at divine intervention? Uh, no, you don't have to. You, you get it regardless because she's moving. She's about to wrap you in, in webs to, to suck the blood out of you. Oh, so. oh it's like she loved time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. I, all right, so I'm, I'm going to – my declared action is I am praying to the frog deity, which we don't know what that is uh, yet. Well, no, I know exactly who it is. You know what it is? It's a type – type what the, demon. Isn't there a frog-type demon face, frog-face demon? She's, yeah, Carlos is saying is Wastri, the hammer of demi-humans. He's like our, he's like our theologian. He is. Our expert. He is. Theologian. But no, no, you know who also is a possibility is type 2 demon. Oh, the, yeah, the one that looks like a frog? <laughs> exactly, Right. Yeah, I like that. I, well, we do this almost on purpose for Carlos. We may actually know who the Greyhawk deity is, but we don't say it because it, it, it really makes him sad that we know literally nothing about Greyhawk. Maybe I should roll. While you're talking about it, because this may be moot. Mm -hmm. This is moot. So I'm just going to roll. This has been moot. It's not moot It's yet. been moot for a long time, but yes. Our show started moot. Okay, I'm rolling. Okay, 15%. I'm giving you extra. It's an end moot. Ah, 61 that stinks. See what I would have rolled on initiative. Yeah. A two anyway. Oh, it's all terrible. Yeah. Wastri is the uh, hopping prophet, which I sort of remember. <laughs> that sounds like a good bar too, doesn't the it? The hopping prophet? Yeah. <laughs> poisonous sack and, the, and, and it's right next door to the hopping prophet. Right. That's down. Right in itself. All right. That was fast. That's over. Well, we wanted Charlotte wow. to win, so that's good. Well, I want Charles to die and pray to. Well, she's trying to get home. She's trying to get to the sixty. You think she's going to make it to the sixty-six layer? So far. Wow. We'll be doing this for okay. a long time. Okay. Uh, so she's eating. She's she's ramping, as you said. Sir hops a lot. Yeah, Wastri's croak will confuse all creatures in forty feet who hear the sound. There you go. I'm looking up Wastri now. He can summon the following. All the groups. Uh, he can do bullywugs, giant toads, poisonous toads, or ice toads. So that was the deity. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that would have been. Again, it. Thanks to uh, thanks to Carlos from Castle Entertainment for keeping us straight when it comes to deities. All right. Uh, now we're ready for spell selection. Do it. We're ready for spell selection. That took almost an hour. So at this rate. Uh, and what happened to Naked and Afraid, and uh, what would Demi... Meeting, encountering Demigorgon? Yeah. Uh, when are we going to have time for that? Let's keep moving. Uh, you going to roll percentages? Pass, 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 roll. Um, yes, I will. I'll let you roll it. So this is... You want 70 or listeners. That's right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I always like to pretend we might have new listeners. Yes. For our new listeners, this is... <laughs> This is, I think we're like the coronavirus. Our curve is flattening and now declining. So um, uh -huh. we are, um, we were spreading. 
<laughs> but then people started social distancing. And so this is, uh, we're going to randomly roll a spell and we're going to talk about it. And I have, I've rolled a 46. We rolled to see what uh, type of spell it would be based upon the scroll rule. random That's right. rule. That's right. Scroll rule. <laughs> and I've rolled this, the scroll rule. 64, I assume that's a magic yep. user. Now you have to roll uh, 90. Come on, yeah. 90 or above. Illusion. 90 or above. Oh, a nine. I saw that zero, zero, and I got excited. Right. So it's a magic user. D10. Okay. Is that again? Really? There it is. I just used it. A nine. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. Whoa. There's only 12. This is serious. D12. Okay. A six. Monster summoning seven. Oh. The best monster summoning that you can have. Well, let's summon a monster. We're going to summon a monster, aren't yes. we? Yes. Why wouldn't we? So this is a fun spell because it's going to tell you to keep going back because there's been seven other ones. Oh, that's true. So it's going to see. That would be awful. It was like C monster summoning six, and then that said five, and that said C four. <laughs> exactly. And then you go to monster summoning. Right, right. Well, they, so it's on page 93 of the player's handbook. Look, did you see what's on page 93? Yes. Look photo. Maybe that's right. Maybe that was the part one in the monster manual. This was uh, this was the before shot before it swallowed. Yes, that's right. We show, should show that to folks. Is that a toad or is that a that's a I frog? Think that's, a frog. That's, that's a toad. Is that a frog? That's a, I can't tell. Frog. Oh look, he's got teeth. He does. The mystery solved. Yes, he has teeth. He's not. That's why he doesn't. Gum. This spell was randomly selected to get us here. The dice don't lie. That's if they don't. And look, yeah, that's the before picture. Right. It is like a little. He looks like a Keebler like, elf. Yeah, like a, doesn't like he? A <laughs> he's like a little. Hello. He's like a little guy. Hello. <laughs> would you like? Would you like a pastry? <laughs> nice little. Yeah, it's that's narrow. It's pretty similar, except uh, this guy has brown shoes, uh, black shoes, and the other one has white shoes, but. You could definitely, you could definitely see, potentially, the the pluses and pros and cons for both. There you go. All right. Before, yeah, before and after. All right. Nice. Good, good, good catch on that. Thank you. Page sixty-three. It takes nine seconds. One. Wow. It takes a while. The spell summons one or two seventh-level monsters, which appear one round after the spell is cast, or one eighth-level monster, which will appear two rounds after the spell is cast. Do I get to pick? Uh, or is it random? I don't, I don't, we'll have to see. Okay. Okay, so all other details. Okay. See, Monster Summoning 1 for other details. So we have to go back in the book. Back, behind, keep going back to Monster Summoning 1, which I think is a third level Burn. spell. Oh, because I was on first level. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yep, Monster Summoning 1. There it one. is. That's not too long. So, uh, all right. So with within one to four rounds of casting this spell. Now I don't. I'm longer, aren't I? Yeah. So this. Or maybe I'm not. This takes quicker. When Monster Summoning Seven, they show up quicker because this already. This takes longer. Oh, that's right. One round. So they're stronger and quicker. The magic user will cause the appearance of from two to eight first level monsters selected at random by the referee. Yep. We'll talk but about that. But whose number may be either randomly determined or selected personally. Oh. Okay. So the DM has 
discretion here according to the strength of the monster randomly determined. Oh, so the referee can pick. Yeah. That's interesting. These monsters will appear. That's no fun. These monsters will appear on the spot within spell range desired by the magic user, and they will attack the spell user's opponents to the best of their ability until he commands that attack to cease. So do they know automatically or do you have to tell them? So do you play it that they're kind of under the command yeah, I, and need to be pointed I out? Tell, I, they have some kind of general, you know, the magic user has to point at them. Get that, dude. Okay. Um, or the spell duration expires or the monsters are slain. Note that if no opponent exists to fight, summon monsters can. Why would you do that? If communication is possible, and if they are physically capable, perform other services for the summoning magic user. There you go. That's so. What you could do is you could just like summon. You could like summon a monster into you. So you're behind the wall, mm -hmm. and you summon a monster into the marketplace. Yes. And you're just like all those peasants are my enemies. Right. Yeah, basically. That's terrible. Right, and but you don't know what it is. And again, the the magic, the uh, DM true. has some has discretion on that. But but they're not they're going to they're not going to attack you. They're going to attack your opponents as designated by you. So who do you care what it is? <laughs> well, that's right. right. Either because what do they say? They stay that they appear, and then they stay. Um, until he or she commands the attack to cease, I'm not going to do that, or the spell duration expires, or the monsters are slain. So, like, this is awful. You could use this as sick entertainment? Uh, well, I think you can use it as sick entertainment because every time, <laughs> the only time you mention spells is in unleashing them in the marketplace. <laughs> that That's true. I'm a retired magic user. I'm a retired wizard. I'm bored. Get off my lawn. Get out of my square. Oh my god, that'd be terrible. The kids are on the lawn, and so you summon a monster. Right. <laughs> People just hang out this in the town square. Their spring has sprung, and you will see what you summon in a second. Oh, this should be a new segment, just like the grumpy old wizard. <laughs> the gah, grumpy old wizard. Get off my lawn. Here's an umberhawk. <laughs> Where's B Billy never came home? One day he just never came back. He went out to play. He's just constantly he never came he's back. Just what? I told you not they to go by. Yeah. They searched the wizard's house. They found nothing. That's right. I told him <laughs> no evidence. I told him not to go by that crazy wizard's house. He's angry. <laughs> okay. All right. So like so that's that's so the duration is eight rounds. Oh, plus one round. How, okay, and you're great at this stuff. What what level do I need to be? You, to cast ninth level, you need to be 18th level. So it's going to be 27 minutes then, basically. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, uh, hang on. Wasn't uh, sorry, there a 26, component? 26. Yeah, 26 uh, rounds. But who's counting? Uh, and what is my spell component? I think they listed the they uh, do. material, didn't they? It's a bag. It's a bag and a candle, which, by the way, does not have to be lit. It says. <laughs> so it's not like the joke at the front door. Mm, I don't know that. We leave the, uh, the the dog poop in the back. Oh yes, that's right. And you light that's it. That's right. It's not flaming poop. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> um, the material components well are a tiny bag and a small can. Why? It doesn't say. It doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, let's take a look at the DMG. Well, I went there. See. Page forty-six. Oh, thank you. Okay. Trying to move this, move it forward a little bit faster. This train wreck. Yeah. Along. Yep. For well, oh, so it's got monster summoning. 
It doesn't have seven on. Oh, yeah, it does. And it says C for a list of all monsters. Oh, and it's going to say that every time, isn't Correct. it? Correct, yeah. Okay, all right. Now, so now, Appendix M. Go ahead. Yeah, we have to go to Appendix M, but we could also check, yeah. So you have to go to Appendix M for this. Okay, I'm there. So uh, the only issue with Appendix M is obviously it's just monster manual. Later, if you wanted to incorporate new monsters, you'd have to adjust this chart for that if you wanted to. Is that a peri? Are those peritons above? Yes. They w it was a champ once. Heartless. That's right, Heartless, the champ. And Blink Dogs and Displacer Beasts is on the next page, 222, 223. Oh. Yeah, is that what those are? Those are Blink. They're so tiny. What are they eating? A Displacer Beast. Wow. Well, that's a good picture. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time in the appendices. Is the. Um, is well, I'm guessing the they're Blink Dogs because. Displacer beasts are, are not nice, and blink dogs are, but oh, oh, we're good, right? So is is summon monsters basically the magic user equivalent of conjured animals? Yes, that would be for correct. Oh wait, when the conjuring illusionist does con oh, so illusionists are like clerics though in this respect because they're they're conjuring animals. It says right. illusionists. Oh, it's interesting. All right, so we are rolling seven. Oh wow. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, the first remember first question yes. is are we on water? Are you on a body of surface water? Cuz if you are, oh. the next page which everyone kind of misses is uh, there's some notes on it. It looks like this is the complete table, but if you go to page 224, there's more information about appendix M. It says, remember that it's always your purview to not only select what monster is summoned, but to appoint the numbers as well, where applicable. Thus, you may select to have rats come to a first level summoning, but because they're relatively licked, you might also allow a maximum number to appear. The major drawbacks to personal selection is that players might view as personal bias on the part of the DM, whether pro or con. It's quite obvious that there are superior and inferior monsters on each list. And the general rule, it might be better to allow random selection sans interference from the gods. There you go. I love any use of the word sans. Sans, um, that's right. I love it. So, um, all right, what's the percentage chance? No, it should definitely be random. I love the random. I never, as a DM, would not do the random. I would never pick it myself. Sure. Uh, um, so what, what, uh, what are the odds that we are on the... Uh, the Blood River? On, uh, the Blood River? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what do you think? I'd say 10%. Okay, I'm rolling. Is that the grog line? The grog line. You heard that? Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Hang on. Let's see if that's it's probably your, considering the fact probably that I don't have the. Well, I don't have. Yeah, you're being too loud. Yeah, sh even in there. Shut up. Oh, it probably is. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, I got a text from James. Uh, thanks. That was like an hour ago. <laughs> James is rebooting. Apparently. Yes, I did that before. Okay, that was an hour ago. Oh, my dermatologist uh, is back open. Oh, that's good, good to know. To know. Okay. Excellent. I got to go. <laughs> I got to leave. There's going to be a line. Do you realize once they open up salons again, it's going to be like mayhem, right? right? I mean, it's going to be like getting a, re a, re a reservation or at a really good restaurant. Okay. Um, I rolled a 78, so I think we're not on Correct. water, right? All right. So now roll percentages. We're on page 223. Monster summoning seven. Let's see what we can get. Okay. Let's go. Let's get something good. Ooh. This is interesting. 66. That's appropriate. Is it, is it going to be low? It's disappointing. It's a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? A mummy in the marketplace? Can you imagine? Yeah. That'd be awesome. And, and, and you could argue, because 
don't know. There's, it's so interesting that the, the range of these, you go from a type three demon, which is pretty powerful, succubus, chimera, mm-hmm. etten, to etten, uh, stone giant, gorgon, hydra, intellect devourer. But yeah, mummy's good. Mummy's a terrible creature to unleash on the town. Yeah, because you need, don't you either need a magical weapon to hit or well, And they cause fear on humans. It's a t- yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, a mummy in the marketplace. That's hor- horrific. Mummy in the marketplace. Yeah, so. Yeah, it would be awesome. So, yet again, you as the magic user, it took you, I think, about uh, 14 hours to memorize the spell. It was worth it. Yeah, you rested. You took half a day. I'm like, well, tomorrow's going to be awesome. <laughs> Go out there in the morning. Yeah. So I see. So Dan's trying to get his hair cut. He's going to the market, and some yeah, kid right. stands in his way or something. And uh, oh, I, I, yeah. Why don't you want you? Oh, you kids want your mummy? Is that what you want? <laughs> Where's your mummy? Here's your mummy. <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, dude. Grumpy old wizard. I love That's, it. That is you, the grumpy old wizard. I am. Yeah, you know, I, I was pointed out that the uh, the Chamberlain uh, of Australia is not on today, so hopefully he's doing well. They've, they've, had, oh. they've had a tough go the last few months with fires and all kinds of craziness. All right, so we're ready to do Have You Ever Done a Gnome Illusionist? Okay, all right. So this is our I, segment I out, where you wrong. get... Did I it? said, have you ever done a gnome illusionist? That, that came out wrong. So, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I need to change my answer then. <laughs> what, what, what's the question? Have, um, have, you, I, have you ever been a gnome illusionist is what I was trying to say. Ah, right, right. Okay, so this is our segment where you get to show your abilities as a, uh, a gnome yeah, illusionist. Yeah, and I'm almost, I'm uh, almost fighter, dead. Fighter. I'm, I'm almost dead. Yes, yes. Have you ever played a gnome fighter illusionist trying to save your village? This, of course, is by our good friend Kelly Villamere and his first encounter magazine. And if I recall last time, uh, you were almost killed by an Umber Hulk. Yep. Yep. And uh, so here we go. So the Umber Hulk has been dispatched with. All right. Hang on. Let me get to... uh... Get to the page. All right, I had this all. Okay, all right. So, um, all right, you continue on your mission. Yes. When up ahead, through the corridor, you see another large chamber. In the chamber, dead bodies and skeleton bones are seen throughout the room. You notice that the dead bodies are those of Garth's party. Remember, Garth was the one who went out there, who who actually killed Maximus. Yes. Maximus. Maximus. Didn't get the clay golem. Right. Was it clay yes. golem? Type of golem. Clay golem. Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And uh, uh, and he came back, but a lot of his party members died. So we're seeing the remains. When all of a sudden, the skeletons pop up to life. It's five against one. Oh come on, Matt. Maximius was a uh, illusionist. And a don't cleric. meta game. Don't meta right. game here. So. When I'm not metagaming, I'm helping others, actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's not metagaming, right? We knew that information, that's, that's right? That's true. 
That's true. But right, that, that was in game. But if you're playing the game and you're trying to win, yeah, you shouldn't be giving I'm that. I'm sharing that's information. Right. Now I'm lawful. I cooperate. Uh, okay. I'm lawful neutral. We cooperate. All right. H1. Will you? H1. H1N1. Quickly cast a blur spell on self, then attack them with a dagger in one hand, sword in the other. H2. Cast invisibility, then run past quickly with sword. Well, that's an interesting one, right? Because that you need to know if invisibility works on undead. Three. Cast improved phantasmal force to, of giant holy symbol. And then turn them, holding dagger ready. That's pretty entertaining. Yeah. I never thought about being an illusionist and doing a. That would be an interesting one. How would you play that, well, James? I, I, I'm going to wait till it's over. Uh, and, and then we'll talk yeah. about that one. Uh, H4, attack immediately with silver dagger. H5, change self into halfling form. Then attack with mace. I don't understand that. H6, attack immediately with mace. H7, attack immediately with sword. H8, cast color spray on them, then attack with mace. Those are our choices? No. That's the eight choices. Oh, there was one. No. So in other words, you think there's one that you wanted to do that wasn't right. there. I thought, like you, dispel illusion. Because to your point, why are there undead here if it's an illusionist? Right. Now, it is Gar's party, though I guess he could cast an illusion on it, right? Can you do illusions perpetual? Well, we digress. Okay. So, um, so what's the difference between five and six? Because one was attack with mace, another one was attack with mace. What? Yeah, six, six was mace, seven was sword. It's just different weapons. And what about four? So four, five was what again? Five has changed itself into halfling oh, half. form. <laughs> then attack with mace. So um, does that mean there's like less damage because I'm small? Yeah. So one is blur spell. Yeah. And then attack two is invisibility, run past. Three is improved phantasmal force of the giant holy symbol, which I hope someone picks. I'm, I'm picking that. That's awesome. You really do want to go down, don't yeah. you? You're, you're like that dude in the, in the toad. That's right. <laughs> You've given up. <laughs> I'm going to do – I'm doing invisibility. I think I want to – I think I'm What's dead. number two? I mean they don't actually have eyeballs, but clearly they have to see or do they sense. Two is invisibility. Okay. I'm going to go with invisibility. Okay, so Dan, and run Dan is going for two. I'm going for three. So your choices are blur, invisibility, turn undead. What's number four? Attack with silver dagger. Da dagger. Uh, five is change self to halfling attack. Six is mason attack. Seven is sword and attack. Eight is color spray. Yeah, it, it, color spray seems like a, a, I would think a pretty good idea. I, well, I don't know. I mean I don't know if it's only – Limited to creatures, and creatures and right? Yes, so they're skeletons, as far as we can tell. Uh, Here's the good news: is I can't give away anything because I don't yeah. know anything. Uh, in <laughs> in like, general, oh, or just specific to this? That's the question. Uh, uh, basically, in general. Uh, two. Uh, Brian chooses two. Okay. Dan oh, I'm doing two. All right, Brian, we're doing it together. So Brian and I are we're we're we're, we're locking arms, declaring invisibility. Uh, Menion uses the mace, which is a fine choice. Okay. Certainly a Cyber Heston chooses conservative. Mace. He's playing. He's he's playing very conservative, which is not a bad bad thing right. to do. Yeah, but this is a good discussion because I, I have my bias here, and I'm I, sh, I. But go ahead. So let's. I think. Uh, I think that's it. Those are the ones. Any, any anyone else? You give them. Everyone else is is, is out. Everyone else is. All right, Car Carlos. Carlos announced the frog deity. Oh, out. No. Uh, uh, Mace is six, yes. Uh, Cyber Heston chooses two, not six. Oh, we got a lot of a lot of twos. 
Go ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. Turning and flipping. Turning and flipping. To the back. H. All right. H1, which was the blur spell. Blur spell has no, oh, this doesn't sound good. Blur spell has no effect on undead. Yes. Do we know yes. that? Oh, we do. Wow. Which is good. Okay. Just, I actually feel better about my choice because it's so ridiculous. So I'm glad. That's good. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. It'd be an awesome way to die, wouldn't it? Remember that time, James, did a <laughs> illusion of a, That's right. of a holy symbol? Okay. H2. It works. No damage. We are through. Three of us are through. H3. Which one was that this? That was the turn undead, right? Phantasmal Force, I hope. That's you, yeah. right? Spell doesn't work on undead. Plus, you're not a cleric. Take 10 hit points of yeah, damage from melee. I think, I'm, I think you... I'm dead at this point. Yeah, how many did you take last? I think, well, I've taken tw- well, we have 51 hit points. I've taken... 50. Uh, 50. I've taken 20, 17, and 10, so I have three hit points left. Excellent. H4, destroy them, but take eight hit points of damage from the fight. What was, uh, what was, H- what was five? Uh, halfling, change to a halfling and attack. Why you would do that? Spell doesn't matter to creatures. Take three hit points of damage. But that's still, you took three. That's pretty good. Yeah. What was six? Oh, six mace, is the mace. Yep. Great choice. Take one hit point damage for the fight. Why does Kelly say that they made a great choice when I didn't take, all, all of us tours didn't take any damage, and he didn't say great choice. Right. Okay. Seven, destroy them, but take four hit points of damage. Eight, spell has no effect, take three hit points of damage. So if I understand it correctly, if I'm doing the math right, you have made the worst choice. That's right. He, and, and I like how different spells have, have well, I, I'm channeling what would Dan do, rule of cool and this. You are. That's right. You are. I've, this is a terrible way to, no wonder I'm a terrible I've, player. I've mastered. Didn't take, it only took th- two or three weeks to go, okay, let me get this straight. Now we go to a more prescient point. I would not, if I was the DM, I would say invisibility doesn't work on undead. Because it, invisibility, just like he says, oh. invisibility, a level two spell, magic user, and are you trying to teach me a lesson by picking what would be cool to show me now, like how I Sir, you're, you're, you're an old man. I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm just showing what it feels like when, okay. when you have these things. And uh, I think you're trying to teach me a lot. You were doing so well. You were like, look, Dan's doing terrible. I'm doing yeah. great. Even playing Dan's favorite character class right. and race, I need to teach him a lesson. Let me, let me see if he gets this. All right. Where's invisibility? So this is page 70. It's an illusion phantasm. As Menyon has said, uh, uh, it says, you know, mind-affecting spells such as illusions are pointless against undead. So why does this illusion work when the other ones didn't work? Okay. Well, wait. Well, we're, I'm sure that's correct, but how do we get there? So, so how do we know this? Because this is probably a big issue, right? Does... If you're an illusionist, whether or not your illusions work on undead is a matter of significance to you, right? right. Because if, if, it, if the DM says they don't, everyone's booing. Well, you're, so you're the illusionist going. And look, I remember this because I think when I was going to, I think, Teagle Manor uh, at a convention, and I was like, I don't think I want to pick 
an illusionist because I'm suspicious that they're not going to work on undead. And I think the DM was like, yeah, that's right. So um, how, how do we, is there a definition of what an illusion or a phantasm is? Right. So, uh, the, so uh, what we're hearing on the chat, because what's interesting, and, and uh, our friend Carlos is on, which again, I should not be shaming him with just calling him Carlos, the Immaculate Emulator, of course, of Cleveland, has said that in the book that shall not be named, there is a spell, Invisibility to Undead. Oh. Okay. Which then implies, if you need an invisibility to undead spell, you'd need that because the other one doesn't work. You would have thought that would have come up on a sage advice, though I don't remember it in a sage advice. Even so. though it is an illusion phantasm. In, in the, in the, uh, so that's on page 33 of the book that should oh. not be named. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Right. Okay. So I, I, right. have, I have always found it, and we did talk about this one time, I have generally ruled that illusions... And it depends on the creature. Mindless creatures, they don't have a mind, is the idea. Because these are skeletons. They're, they're Oh, so like if you look, so like what's the, so is it just non? So like if you look at skeleton, their intelligence is non. So, but they, they can recognize things. They see, don't they? Well, the question is how do they, are they sensing life? You know, does invisibility, uh, I, you know, this goes back to what invisibility does. The idea is, Invisibility is a mental trick on sentient creatures that uh, it's, it's, you're not really invisible. It's just we've blinded the person mentally that you can't see the thing. Is, okay, well, well what, about, what about something like a mummy? A mummy has low intelligence. It's not a lich is extremely intelligent. Right. So some undead are intelligent, right? right. I, I, I generally say at least at a minimum mindless undead, they are immune to it. Then you take um, what you read in the monster manual of various creatures like ghoul and this and that. They're, uh, many of them are immune to illusion spells, they say, if I remember correctly. Maybe ghoul may not be a good example, but you'd have to look up in each of the individual. So it's this cobbled together of... Well, they, this affects them, and this doesn't affect them. So that's how we end up with this. But I typically say uh, undead, mindless creatures are not affected by illusions because they're mindless. So is it fair to say that's a, it's, a, it's a DM's... It sounds like we don't have an official answer. It's a DM's call. Is that fair to say? Yes. It's a DM's call, but I think you do have to decide. You know, again, a lich... Now, Lich is, is an interesting one because you said super intelligent, uh, and, but they are undead. So does that count? Well, I've ha it depends on the spell. So Zombies are non. What are the two nons? I think skeletons and zombies probably, right? right? But like, for instance, the following spells have no effect on Liches. Charm, sleep, enfeeblement, polymorph, cold, insanity, death spells, which makes sense. But I've, I've generally said, uh, <laughs> that's right. They're very, very concerned about the mummy. Uh, but yeah, so your argument of the mummy, could you be, be invisible to uh, that? I would say the book uh, that shall not be named 
I would use that. But if you didn't have the book that shall not be named, then uh, you'd have to say, well, is, is this, does the spell make sense when it comes to a specific undead creature? Well, yeah, because wait, is so invisibility is wait, and so invisibility is an illusion. That's interesting. I didn't really thought of invisibility as an illusion. I thought I actually go invisible. No. You know what I mean? Like I actually am invisible. So I would have thought that. So there's an argument that invisibility is not going to work against mindless correct creatures because it's an illusion. Certain mindless creatures. Yeah, if it's mindless, not not I'm certain. Well, mindless. not. It, it doesn't, if it has visual, what I'm saying is a zombie doesn't have, they may have eyes, but that's not how they're seeing things. The magic force is dry, they, they, they're detecting life force. That's how they're, which would make them a better guard. You know, the idea is they're guarding old temples and instead of trying to figure out light, they sense the life presence and that's how they're attacking. They certainly, I mean, so, the, so if a sword is swinging, do they know it's a sword, right? Uh, I mean, it, well, I don't know if that matters to them. To to the there, typically you tell kill the person. You point to the life force, and it, it you're commanded, and that's how it goes there. So it doesn't. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is to, can't you order? Can you can't you order a mummy to open doors? A mummy? Well, mummy is low intelligence. Oh, not a mummy. I'm sorry. Can't you order zombies and skeletons to open? Yeah, doors? we went back and forth on that, didn't we? We we. <laughs> We, we wanted to say it could do a bunch of things. We, we, I thought we started, like with torches, we kind of help have them hold the torch, but we kind of wrapped, we, I remember that one time we put the torch in the, in the rib cage, right? right? I think we actually had them yeah. hold it. Now, the, it, it, go ahead. Okay. I was just, just saying, yeah. in, in the city state of the Invincible Overlord, of course, you know, there's, right, so there's one establishment that has, and that's Gonzo, but there's, there's one establishment that has skeletons as servers. Right. Well, that's so, Bob. Yeah, it, it, it makes it very complicated. So, you, if you do argue that that they're more intelligent, then, um, like I said, the spell causes the recipient to vanish from sight and not detectable by normal vision or even infravision. That's that's what it says. Oh, that's right. So, normal vision. It says by normal vision or infravision. So, the argument is. So now it's a now it's a vision thing. Yes. Like. A bat. It's not invisibility is not going to protect you against a giant bat, is it? Potentially, you could say it doesn't have any. If they don't use eyes, then they can be seen. Right. And that's why the intelligence is important with with uh, against de detect invisibility. Because the more intelligent you are, the trick that the spell is doing to your brain to prevent you from seeing it, you have a chance to uh, change it. So, in other words, it's the best thing to be is have no intelligence. Right. The next best thing is to be extremely super intelligent, intelligent or super high, and super high level. The worst thing is to be stupid. Right. Well, that's what. It's better to be no not intelligent at all than stupid. Yeah. Okay. The the dumb the dumb suffer exactly. But uh, but okay. that's where so that's why if in my in and uh, we've had this if if any invisibility charm illusions against undead many of the undead is not going to work. Unless they are like a, you know, now vampires are immune to charm, but uh, some illusions I would say would work against them because they're basically, you know, undead humans at this point. Unless it was an undead, you know, vampire, uh, vampire drow or something like that, and then they would have their magic resistance. 
Oh, right, right, right. Okay. And, and here is where a good uh, DM working with the party, you know, we there is the tradition of the players, you know, kind of talking their plans outside the DM, then springing it on the DM. It's better that they say, hey, do we know that invisibility would work against undead? And you'd say, you know, that should be a pretty common understanding, unless this is a super unique undead. And you would have that conversation so people wouldn't spring their plan and you go, aha, the, the skeletons attack you. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, so skeletons and zombies really are uh, quite different, as, as a, potentially quite different as a result of their non-intelligence as opposed to even low intelligence. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, so I guess if you have, once again, if you're going to have an illusionist in the party, you need to have a conversation about the use of illusions and, and have conversations like this, I guess, at the beginning of your campaign. So no one is unhappy that they picked illusionists. And I would say, so if you're an illusionist and you're going, and you're going into a, uh, well, I guess the good news is if it's, if you can use it against, uh, undead that have minds, I guess it can help you in a haunted house style adventure, sure. as long as it's not skeletons and yeah, and then and then it could be quite effective because the stupid mummy now all of a sudden you're quite effective, right? Right, because the mummy's low intelligence, they're probably going to fall for it, right? And so now it's 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 quite effective, and it's the same reason why people use carnivorous apes and uh, dogs to guard because it. Even though the invisibility works against their eyes, they have keen smell. Mm. And so, like ghouls, they have keen sm- A lot of times they have keen smell. Uh, right. Yes, uh, you're, uh, they're, they're, people are, you seem to be asking a lot of questions to protect your normal illusionist from being actually useful. So that's what uh, people are saying on the chat. Like you're very concerned about the, 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 yes. the efficacy of that. But we talked about this with illusionists. If you have a DM who's going to shut down all this, to me, the illusionists against humans, very powerful because you're messing with people's minds. Uh, Against other things like the druid. Druids are great in nature. Anywhere else, not so much. Uh, You know, if you want to be a best overall, magic user would be the best because they have a wide variety of spells that they can uh, affect. All right, that was good. That was a great segue. Have you ever been a gnome illusionist? And I'm three points from death. So at that point, I don't have to play this anymore. So that's great. Well, actually, uh, Kelly Villamere was very prescient. He said that it gets harder as it goes on. So uh, perhaps, you know, it's not that I'm showing you some. Perhaps you were rope-a-doping. And you, I'm rising. I'm rising to the occasion. Maybe I rise to that's the challenge. You were just pretending that you didn't know what you were doing just so I could get yes. a false sense of security. I'm a hustler. You, you did. You shank. Yeah, I was. I've been bamboozled. I've been hood. Yeah, I didn't shank I've you. I've been hood, hoodwinked. Exactly. Yes, you have. All right. So the next one we have is today. We're going. We're going. We're looking back to go forward, as our friends on the uh, Grognards file say. We're open boxing uh, White Dwarf number eighteen. Which is why is White Dwarf number eighteen so important, Dan? Well, it's important to me because it, of course, has Albie Fiori's classic adventure, The Halls of Tiz and Thane, his second mini-adventure published in White Dwarf magazine. The first one was The Lichway. Uh, and uh, I know uh, a lot of people like The Lichway better than Halls of Tiz and Thane, but there's a lot who go the opposite way. I'm one of those. And uh, I, I thought it's a good... I, re- I liked this 
edition of White Dwarf magazine, not just because it had the Halls of Tiz and Thane, uh, but um, it had some good charts in there too. Um, it had um, it had a nice a weather chart in there that I use. I like that weather chart better than on, the weather chart that was done for for Greyhawk. I'm sure, John. I know you're familiar with the weather chart for Greyhawk, which. Uh, is is nice. I'm a big fan of, of random weather charts, but uh, the, my my experience with the Greyhawk one is, it's it's complicated. It takes a long time. You know, got to do the adjustments to what your your longitude or latitude. Uh, whereas the one in White Dwarf was just a lot simpler. So I liked uh, I liked the weather chart in there quite well. Oh. And um, are you? Yep, I put it. I pulled it, it up for the for the folks. I'm going to shrink this down. So White Dwarf number 18 has the uh, Star Trek Enterprise, the motion picture miniature scenario, and, of course, the Halls of Tiz and Thane. Uh, a D&D &D mini module. So there you go. Which, again, we will be running next Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so uh, scrolling up, there's a uh, advertisement for a Model Workshop Limited. Surrey. I wonder if they're still there. A uh, bunch of stuff, advertisements. Then what I found interesting was a, a announcement that the Game Wizards have arrived in the UK, directed by Don Turnbull. The company will be opening for business March 31st, 1980. What's the game? The Game Wizards? So it's TSR. A... TSR UK is open, starting. Oh, TSR UK. Yes. Okay. They, they announced they had a okay. one-page ad, page four. Uh, importers of dis and distributors of D&D, AD&D, and other fine products of other fine TSR products from all leading games, hobby stores, trade inquiries, welcome. So there you go. And that's, uh, Imagine Magazine, I think, was TSR, that, if I recall, correct. wasn't yep. it? That's, yeah, because White Dwarf is not TSR associated, right? It's Games Workshop. Exactly. Right? I'm, well, I, I think it, 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 may, it started that way and then moved forward. Uh, are you role? And it's interesting how they called. Are you role playing? The next one. Are you role playing instead of role playing? R O R O L L versus R O L E. Uh, Tunnels and Trolls is the answer. And you know, I, I've played a little Tunnels and Trolls. It's pretty fun. I don't. I, I never got into it as much as a lot of some folks, but um, it's a fun game. Especially, it was a lot easier to play solo games. Is it what? What makes it more fun? If you recall, is it more streamlined? Is it so? Are these were these competitors that were meant to be easier? Yes. Then all of, yeah, yeah if, you, okay. if you've listened to interviews with uh, Ken St. Andrew, you know, he basically said, I really wanted to like D&D, &D, but it was a convoluted mess, so I just made my own, which was, you know, because he didn't have, and it sounded like he didn't have the, you know, the, the pedigree of the wargaming, and uh, he wasn't married to that, and he wanted, his, he really was starting with a fantasy game, um, but it was a little gonzo, which some people didn't like, whereas D&D &D tended to be a little more serious. Um, but the mechanics were pretty easy. Yeah, so, uh, and, and for solo adventures, it's really good. You know, you basically choose your own adventure and then you, uh, the, the combat is, you know, you have a number of dice versus a number of dice and, and you basically, uh, it's a pretty simple mechanic. All right, keep moving forward. There's Star Trek, the motion picture, miniature figures, now features. Uh, so Ian Livingston with his, uh, you know, his editor's page, um, you know, he kind of talks about uh, role-playing games in general, but, uh, you know, the star of this, I don't really care about the Star Trek minute motion picture scenario. Uh, do you, 
I didn't care, so I didn't even read it. The star of the show, of course, is, oh, let me go to, then there's Open Box, Dark Over, The Ages of Chaos. Mm, never, never, never played I that. I had never heard of that. Got a nine from John Olson. That's great. And then uh, Sword Quest only got a six. And Drachne Station, that's Judges Guild, got an eight from Bob McWilliams. So now I'm on page 14, The Halls of Tis and Thane. So Dan, I'm not gonna show this because it's a spoiler alert, but what, what, what right. made uh, The Halls of Tis and Thane good in your opinion, or great? Yeah, so um, you know, I'd always heard that it was a very good adventure and I didn't consider it to be a great adventure till I ran it. And, you know, don't you agree that you really, you, you don't know how good an adventure is, I think, until you run it. Kind of like a, seeing a recipe, right? It may look good, but until you make it. And um, I, um, you know, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, do you have a good good group of players playing too will influence whether you think it's a great game. But I, I think it's, I think it's a great adventure because I just think there, there's a lot of interesting uh, characters in it, a lot of interesting NPCs. I think that what's great about what Albie did was he left, he put in enough detail to make it easy to run, but included a lot of gaps in there that you could fill in. Uh, and so to me, it, was, it hit the sweet spot of you're not having to fill in too much, but there's enough in there to fill in. And what I liked about it was it was it was just different. It wasn't a dungeon crawl, you know. It was, and this was this was the era of dungeon crawls, wasn't it? I mean, we're yeah. talking 1980, right. right? I mean, I, I, you know, so it's it's an adventure in the halls of Tizen you know, in his palace. Everything takes place there, and um, there's just a lot of different ways the adventure can go. It's, it's as you well know, it's anything but linear. Right. So as the, as the DM, when you're running this thing, it's not, you know, the, the party gets a choice to do whatever they want. Um, it, if you think about it, isn't the Tahals of Tiz and Thane in some respect is sort of like a sandbox of a mansion. It's a mansion, but it's a sandbox. So you can go different places in the mansion, meet different people um, and things will develop very differently. Um, and so that's just that's what I thought made it brilliant um was all the different possibilities uh, that, that no single game uh would be the same so uh, it's quite deadly uh yes. a quite deadly adventure yeah and it's and it's a mystery which is fun too right it, it's it's sort of solving a mystery so to, i don't know to me it had you know it to me it was a little bit like cthulhu meets dnd i mean the stuff i love about call of cthulhu the mystery solving the intrigue Plus D and D, and and so um, yeah, that's that's why I liked it. Yeah, and I, I've never run it. I've played in in Dan's game, uh, so I I only have one version of it going through it. It's short, which is great. Um, there's enough for you to run it. You still need to be comfortable as a DM. It, it certainly is not a, a beginning DM thing. It, it's for low level characters, but yet, uh, like you said, it's very deadly. If you fight everything, you'll be de you'll probably be dead. Um, uh, and there's a lot of role playing. You can, it really has the, uh, it tries to do the three pillars that a lot of people talk about now, exploration, role playing, and combat. It's not just uh, all combat, you just knock down doors and kill people. Uh, 
or kill orcs or whatever. You, if you do that, it's, your, your party's going to be very sad. And there's some choices that you have to make as a party which are not very clear. There's no, this is the right thing you have to do. I, I, I didn't recall that from my time there. It wasn't like, oh, mm. if we do this, we get the cookie. You know, there is the lesser, it seems like there was always the lesser of two evils uh, kind of choices. Like you have to choose, you know, the Rojos or the Baxters or something to that effect uh, with this. You have to choose one, one path or another path. And there may be a third path, but when we went through it, um, and both didn't seem like the, they were great choices. It's not like save the fair maiden or align with the dragon. It's not, uh, you know, there's no, it wasn't very binary. So uh, if you like those kind of things, I definitely uh, think it would be good to run. Okay. Uh, and it's short. People, you know, don't look at it yet. Spoilers, because we're going to do it next week. But then after that, why don't you get your hands on it and run it for yourself? Would you? And it's, and it's, it's low level. Right. Which is nice. I like low-level adventures. Yeah, so. it's easier to manage. So the next uh, page 20 has tables. So you have uh, random tables for stuff, right? Who doesn't like tables? I like I, I like. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, I loved it. So I, li I like that page. You, you don't know if someone says, hey, what, uh, what hand is this person right-handed or not? <laughs> this person... That should be used. Yeah. We never roll to see if you're left-handed, right-handed, ambidextrous. You got to chart for that. That should be well, used. Well, a, sh a shout out to the Captain General, Brian. Uh, he asks when you start your game, are you right-handed or left-handed? He wants to know where you, what shield hand you have if you're carrying a shield. So uh, he allows you the choice. But I guess I should try to do ambidextrous next time, see if he'll let me. Well, so I, I would make you roll on that chart that you're looking right. at. Exactly, on page uh, 20. Then there's a weather chart. Uh, Greyhawk has weather. There's lots of weather, but if you want a different weather chart, there you go. I, I prefer that one. I like that one. It's simpler, and the weather tends to be nastier more often, which I like as well. <laughs> so that's my weather chart of choice. That's the weather chart I use. All right. So uh, Heritage, you know, I know the book that shall not be named has... Um, uh, you know, social class, social status. Here they have, you roll 3d6, and uh, you know, generally it skews to uh, doing pretty well. So I rolled a seven. So, oh, you're, you're a cavalier. That's what it says. Okay. Not, not, not the, the cavalier, classes. correct. Right, because it didn't exist or yet. Or a chevalier. Is that how you say it in French? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no paupers and slaves, though penis should be allowed elementary articles of survivals. There you go. And what I like about that chart is you roll that before you roll your money because it adjusts the starting money, if I recall right. correctly. I kind of like that Multiplier chart. Multiplier for initial funds. So if you were rolling 18, you'd have 200 times your initial funds. <laughs> Why are you adventuring? <laughs> That's right. You should be retired. I have 4,000 gold. Like, you know, because he... You got to stay moving. You, you know, I'm a target. If I'm just in town, you kidding me? That's right. Oh, that's horrible. Um, the next one is more useless items. So, what do I need D100. to roll? Okay, tell me what useless items. So I did. I rolled a twenty-six. Twenty-six. You get burnt toast. <laughs> is this like dungeon dressing? I guess so. Uh, See, then the, then the players are going to freak out because like someone was just here. That's right. There's burnt toast. How long has it been here? There's burnt toast. 
right. Well, right. we've talked about that dungeon dressing. You have to be careful with it because if you put like yes. candles and this and that, people start, you know, I touch the candle, I move the candle and you got to be, you know, it sounds great, but too much detail can backfire if you're not careful. Next is non-player character. Non-player character. So uh, roll D100 again. They have, he has a number of pre-gen characters ready for discussion. 58. 58. His name is Hector. He's a human cleric. <laughs> Hector, Hector the cleric. I'm Hector the cleric. He has 15 gold pieces. Well, now I guess you should roll 3d6 to see if he's a prince. See if we can do some fun math. I rolled a uh, 16. Six, oh, he gets 10. To, he's a knight title. He's the Sir Hector, cleric. Sir Hector. Human cleric, and he has 10 times his gold. So that's 150 gold. Nice. That's awesome. So, so obviously we're going to rob him. <laughs> we see him and we rob him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm doing monster summoning. That's right, monster summoning. Please send in the mummy. Attack that dude. <laughs> uh, next is the fiend, our fiend factory, which again, the mandrake people and the hound, Karanos. Well, they were. Go ahead. They're, well, they're all from, if you notice that they're all from literature. So that's, that's what it is. Yeah. They're, they're creatures from sci fi books. From books, yeah, yeah. So none of them were like jumping out at me. It's like, yeah, I want to use right. this creature. Yeah, the, the fung. I'm the fung. That's interesting. Well, the one is that which is the one that has the big praying mantis yeah, that's head. Yeah, and he follows you around. He just scares. <laughs> he prefers to scare you instead of killing you. So he just shows up everywhere. You're like sitting in school. Yeah, and you like you see looking through the window <laughs> a praying. <laughs> that was the one that I could see. Okay, that. I guess that would be mildly entertaining to use. You know, you get it on a random roll. You're like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's all right. It's gonna follow, follow the party around. That would be kind of creepy, I guess. Right? Not bad. The fun. Yeah, not okay. Comments. Not every DM's monster, but cert, I cert for those who enjoy an opportunity to terrify their adventures without actually <laughs> killing them off. Incidentally, don't forget <laughs> to roll for the morale of hirelings, especially if they start disappearing <laughs> one by one. It's from a Jack Vance book, That's, yeah. Who, who, who wouldn't want? I mean, what, what, what DM is that? Not their monster. Right. So yeah. you have to kind of figure. I, I just think they would. I don't. My players that I'm in my current, they would just attack everyone. Yes. It's hard to terrify player characters nowadays, isn't it? Like maybe when it's their first or like if it's their first game ever. It's a twelve-year-old kid right. that's working, right? Yeah. Now, it's like oh, they're like oh, that's the fung. From White Dwarf, well, number well, 18. Well, not only that, it's even when they know, even if they don't know it is, if you try to yeah. telegraph, like in two adventures, the last adventure, I set up this area, you know, just in case one of my folks are listening, where it's clear that they have this room. If they go into this room, this white, get white, their first level, comes out and attacks them. That should tell them, hey, we should probably not go in there. They're like, okay, well, we've got, oh. we've got one magic weapon, uh, if I get hit, then you take the weapon. I'm like, what are you doing? Just you don't have to go in here. <laughs> do you do you do you do you know that was you? You did that. Do, do, do you know what I would do to my if my DM put a white in a first level adventure? You know what I would do you, to the DM? You punch me in the face. I punch you in the nose. Right. Exactly right. Exactly. Because that's what I've been told to do. <laughs> that's right. By the internet. And, and I've done that deliberately. By the dragon's foot crash. I've done it deliberately. You know, uh, and, and because I. 
like Gary, have, uh, I, I, have this, I have no problem with it. But I also made it pretty clear, you can avoid this room. But they're, they're like, oh, well, we've got to go, we've got to go, uh, right. well, uh, Menyon mentioned B1. B1 has one, B2 has one, uh, Village of, ha uh, I don't know if Village of Hamla has one. Uh, Curse of the Reptile God has one. Uh, it, it's not unusual, but instead of running away, the players are like, oh, let's figure out a way to kill it. It's, it's uh, like, so I... Well, what is it? Is it like Jim Ward says? I don't kill that's you. That's right. I don't kill characters. Characters kill themselves. Yeah, and uh, Carlos is like, good thing we play online. You can't punch them over Zoom. So there you go. <laughs> that's but, right. <laughs> this is my new, this is my preferred method now. Right. They can't, they can't assault you anymore. So the fung is interesting, but I, I think they would just attack him. But then it's like, the, but then it's like the coronavirus comes to an end. It's like, get him. <laughs> There's that DM. <laughs> he put the white in the low-level adventure. Kill him. Right. Kill him. Kill him. Uh, all right. So, hey, Jonathan's on, by the way. So we should probably segue. Jonathan. Oh, yes. So let's let's segue. The surprise. Is it time yeah, for? Yeah. So the rest of the uh, white dwarf. Interesting. I, you know, if you're doing miniatures, that's great. And I do like the uh, old, you know, what people were looking at in England in that time frame. They've got. Uh, miniatures and stuff like the DM and uh, then top secret at the back. Okay, very good. That is it. Time for mail call. I think it is. I think it is time for mail call. A new segment where we will answer and or discuss right. viewer new mail. mail, viewer comments uh, from the interwebs uh, that we've gotten. And let me see where my mouse is. Because uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have on uh, Lou Pulsifer, which will be super exciting. So uh, let's start with from surprise clarification since Jonathan is on. So take it away, Dan. Yeah, so uh, Jonathan uh, was very kind to uh, solve uh, a puzzle that I had uh, that I had struggled with for a long time. As, as listeners will know, the surprise example in the DMG, the chart, was it page 62, I think? Correct. It's driven me crazy because I've maintained that there's a typo in the chart that the, if you look on page 62, top left, uh, a surprise roll of two, if you're surprised on a one to two, a surprise roll of two is worse than a roll of one. Yes, I know a three is better than a right. two, but if you're surprised, a higher roll is worse because you are surprised by the number of segments on your surprise roll. And what drove me crazy was that it says on a party die of one and a monster die of two, it said the party was surprised. And a party die of two and a monster roll of one, the monster was right. surprised. And that did not jibe with what they were saying. It should have been the opposite. Correct. And so Jonathan sent us a message. He looked into this. And spent, and spent uh, a considerable amount of money, apparently, to, to verify this. Yes, because he bought right. He bought the DMG, and apparently he bought a, a first a DMG first, yeah, before first print one, right? Yeah, because we have the one that where they've incorporated the errata. And what Jonathan pointed out, which was very helpful, is there was a chart in the player's handbook on surprise on page one hundred three, yes. which the chart on page sixty two was modeled after, and the player's handbook one has it right. If you look on page one hundred three of the player's handbook. Right. And, and, and the reason why they end, the DMG apparently ends up changing this is because they were using an example of a surprise of one and four for 
one side and, and one to two for the other. And that was a little complicated. Right. But so they've got it right in the player's handbook. Gary does, right? So party's die is a one and a monster roll of two to four. And this is where the party was surprising one to four, Correct. which is interesting because the player's handbook there is showing you that you can have, you can give the party a surprise of one to four if the circumstances suggest it, right? Yes. You don't have to be anything special. Um, and so that made it quite clear that the monster was surprised because the monster was surprised on a two to four, on a one to four. And when they roll a two to four, that's higher than the surprise roll for the party. And then when it's a party die is two and the monster is a one, then it is the party surprise. That makes sense. It got switched around. So apparently the, the first DMG, if I recall correctly, Jonathan said, because I don't have the very right. first edition of the DMG, it, it, it copied the player's handbook chart. So it was everything's fine. Then they do an errata yeah. and they do the errata to make it a one to two instead of one to four chance. But they screw it yeah. up. The errata right? is needs errata. And exactly. The errata, somebody screwed up the errata. And then when they, do, when they do the new issues of the DMG, they simply do a cut and paste job of the errata, which got it Correct. wrong. And so, good. And I think, you know, Jonathan seems to be in agreement with me. And I think with you, too, at this point, right. that the DMG is wrong. The player's handbook. Is the, is the one to use. It's got to write. Right. You know, typically we say the newer books supersede the other books. Oh, no. You can't. Why? Are you, oh, no. What are you saying? It's, it's wrong. <laughs> I know, but that's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch you in the <laughs> nose. How can I? Can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was going so well. Well, I'm just saying that's the precedent. This is, that's the precedent, right? And that. No, wrong, no, later wrong should not, look, this happens sometimes, right? I, yeah, like, a, no, 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 I'm not even going there. You're upsetting me now. <laughs> I'm angry gnome. Um, so, um, I, no, I think it's been, so, now, what happens is, now, this is interesting. I'll find this. We have to do another entire show on surprise, oh. which I think we should do simply because I want to call it the surprise episode, yes. is that I believe polyhedron, let's make things really complicated polyhedron which claimed to be official i believe gives an example of surprise and it does what i think some people do i think carlos may do this a lot of people do this and i know it's a matter of contention they do the difference between the roles right. so if the surprise role is a six to one it's five even my position is it's only if both parties are surprised you do the right. difference but polyhedron which is official follows the other met so I guess it's do whatever you right, want to do, Because right? you can turn me from, I used to do it the way Carlos did it, and then your passionate argument about this thing that no <laughs> one really cares about uh, convinced me that that should only be if it's simultaneous surprise. So there you go. Because, look, if you, if you do it the way that where, where it is always the difference, even if one party is not surprised, what's happening then is that it, that is massively deadly, Right, because you if you roll if you roll a one and you're surprised, and the other side rolls a six and they're not surprised, that's five segments of surprise. That's you know, you basically you're done. Yeah. You're that dude in the frog, yeah. right? I mean, that's why he looks that yeah. way because he's surprised for five. So he isn't even moving for five segments. <laughs> Can I move now? Can I do anything? No. 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 
Not a and thing. And the other people had their w- missiles notched and uh, spells readied, and you know, yeah, they sh- they they shot everything out there. So okay, well, again, thank you to Jonathan for spending hundreds of dollars uh, uh, to help us figure that out. So wonderful. That was well worth so, it. Thank so you, if Jonathan. any of our other patrons, uh, or if you don't want that, you can just send us your first printings of DMG. A soft cover monster manuals and players' handbooks from the UK. We'll take it all. Uh, oh yeah, Jonathan. Actually, we're going to need that for <laughs> yes, evidence, aren't that's we? Right. Put it in the evidence yes. bin or whatever. It, so yeah. So just send that to our grog talk. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. It, I mean, uh, it, it'll be put here in, in a place of honor. Um, we we would we would put it there. That's not a problem. On loan, we'll have like a little thing like they have at that's the museums. Right. On loan from the from collection, the collection of, Jonathan of Jonathan Becker. Becker. That's right. So thank you. Uh, let's see. We got what, time for one more thing, and then we're going to get uh, doppelgangers. Yeah, doppelgangers. So another person asked about the doppelganger. Uh, maybe a photo from yourself. Uh, I, I guess that's almost as good. No, I think. No, I think we're going to need the. Uh, we just need a go- your uh, your character sheet and goldenrod saying uh, your will that if you should pass, that we get your uh, we get your first run uh, DMG. That would be fine. Oh, that'd be hilarious. You know what? I wonder if you could use that as an actual will legally. Like if you had witnesses, use the Goldenrod character I, sheet. Like you put your name on you, it and all this stuff. You haven't stuff looked and, this up before? You haven't put this in your contracts uh, class? Well, we need to get, we need to, we need to have somebody from the Grog Empire look into okay. this. But all right, so, so doppelgangers, do they take on the voice? That's the question, yes, right? One of our patrons asked, uh, you know, doppelgangers, which are you know, a classic monster monster manual. They they assume the form. Do they if do they take the voice of the creature as well? Is the question. I have a position on this. Do you? I do as well, but I'd like to hear your a, a position. You're very polite. Thank you, sir. And I've been heavily influenced by you here. Oh, okay. Your method of interpretation, the Jamesian method of interpreting text. The Jamesian method of interpretation, as I understand it, is generally if it doesn't say it, it doesn't happen. Yes. And nowhere in this text does it state that you take on the voice. It talks about what you do take on, right, the physical characteristics. So based upon the Jamesian method of interpreting D&D text, my belief is it does not take on the voice. Yes, I I would agree with that. I would argue that if it was, uh, it can try to mimic it, but it would not be an exact replica. And it would only if it had chime to hear uh, the thing, because it does have ESP, so, and it can imitate with 90% accuracy. The question is, is it imitating its mannerisms or is it actually imitating its voice? So, oh, so that's so the ESP and imitate. That's sort of what like mannerisms and right. things like that. So I would do voice. Yeah, I like that. So, so what you're saying is ninety percent chance that if they've heard the person, they can imitate. Correct. The the voice. Right. I agree with that. Makes sense yeah, to me. So I agree, that is the way I read things. If it's not explicitly said, or if there's a example that proves the negative. Then you know that then the positive is is discounted. You know, like we talked about with the magic sword, only the sword of sharpness you can turn on and off. So that means other magic swords, the light is always shining. If you pull out this case, um, because there's ESP and can imitate with ninety percent, I would st- I would basically roll it. And if that it was made, then 
the mannerisms and the voice are similar enough that uh, they can. Have you seen the SpongeBob episode where Plankton pretends that he is um, uh, Mr. Krabs? Mr. Oh, Krabs. Yeah, and he's like, the smoke is popping out of, and, and like SpongeBob isn't quite sure. It's hilarious, right? Because SpongeBob doesn't know who the real one is, and it, to anyone, it should be obvious. So, yeah, that, that reminded me of the doppelganger not making their 90% role, right? It's like, I am John. Right. And it's a totally right. different voice, right? I am Mary. Hello. Hello. That's right. I'm, I'm Mary. I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm, Wait a minute. Where? Who's I'm, I'm Dan. You know, it's the classic. Uh, and, and part of it, I think, is influenced by, you know, like Star Trek, uh, um, you know, where they have the, the clone, you're, you're, they, you know, those old movies where they have the gun and there's two people. I'm the real person. I'm the real person. And yeah. you have that situation that you're trying to figure it out. So, uh, you know, and the fact that it's kind of an amorphous creature that mutates, it's a mutable form. Uh, now... You know, if it had time, if I'd say if it never heard it before, it may have a little bit bigger problem. But if it, you know, if they were stalking the prey and heard the person's talk, I think it would it would be. Uh, that's right. I'm the prince of Markovia. Uh, that it, it should it should have a, the ninety percent kind of wraps that in there because one of the other tenets of D and D is it's not a simulation, um, and it uses armor class and percentage to kind of deal with some of these uh, specificities in the role. So the 90% covers all that. And you should not let your characters try to rule lawyer you down or the DM. It's 90%, it works or it doesn't. And you could use that as the excuse that his voice is not good or something to that. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.